0: Welcome back to Pool Talk. Mike and I are delighted to be back for Season 2, during which we will be finding guests from across the industry who have vast technical knowledge in their various fields, from heating and ventilation in a pool hall to the intricacies of salt generation for disinfection. As ever, if you want to contact us, please feel free on Facebook, just search at Pool Talk, Or email us at PoolTalkUK at Outlook.com.
1: Hello, everybody. Our pools are open. People are returning. It feels as if we're getting back to some sort of normality. But what is normal in terms of the technical operation of pools?
0: Filtration, using sand as the media of choice, has been with us since the Roman times. We have simply put an electric motor and a pump into the system to enhance the process. In recent times, we've seen the introduction of recycled and manufactured glass being used as a filter media, but with our focus now being targeted at reducing our demand on natural resources and saving energy, are we entering a new phase of filtration that we can save water, energy, and time, and yet still provide us with the quality of water that bathers not only expect, but also deserve? Questions that we would like to put to our next guest.
1: Well, Lynn Phillips is one of the senior managers within Sterling Hydrotech Limited, and they are actively promoting and installing a new generation filtration systems, regenerative filters.
0: So it is a privilege for Mike and me to welcome Lynn to today's podcast. We know that he will give us his views on the performance of regenerative filters, but this will be a great opportunity to have a look into the future of the technical operation of swimming pools.
1: Lynn Phillips from Stirling to Tech. Um, Thanks for giving your time today. For the listeners to our podcast library, let let me just confirm that at the moment this podcast is being recorded when pools are open, but we are still working under the current government guidelines for, for COVID. When you hear this, as it will be in our library for a long time to come, obviously we would expect some of the restrictions to have been eased by then. But we're talking about as pools emerge from the pandemic lockdowns and people start thinking about their operations, the efficiency of their operations, whether it be a new build or a refurbishment, one of the items which is high on people's agenda at the moment is the whole issue about regenerative filters. So, Lynn, we do hear a lot about regen filters, but can you start off by explaining exactly what is a regenerative filter?
2: Yeah, thanks, Mike. A regenerative uh, media filter is uh, works in a slightly different way to a standard um, filter. Obviously, with uh, standard filtration, the water passes through the filter, passes over a, a filtration bed of uh, various different grades of uh, sand, glass or gravel. Um, and this is how it gets uh, filtered and cleaned. Well, with a regenerative filter, it works slightly differently. The water passes uh, through the, uh, the filter itself and then uh, passes through a set of flex tubes which are stainless steel tubes which are coated uh, and uh, they're coated with a uh, filter media called perlite uh, which is a magma and this is what uh, filters the water so rather than using sand or glass uh, it uses the perlite as this uh, filtration media by doing that it actually can filter the water down to a lower micron rating than the standard sand filter so uh, it goes down to uh, one micron compared to a standard sand filter, which is normally uh, around 20 microns. So uh, you do, do get a slightly better water quality with them, as well as uh, some various energy um, savings compared to um, obviously sand, sand filters. The, the energy obviously comes from uh, water savings, as well as uh, electricity and heating costs within the pool.
1: I've got to ask the question, Lynn, you know, sort of filtering water through sand that goes back to pre-Roman times when when even you and I weren't around. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 basically all all we've done in more recent uh, centuries is stuck on an electric motor to, to force the water through rather than using gravity. So if sand filtration has been around for that time, are we now are we now really looking at an improvement or is is regen filters, should we say, a gimmick that will come and then
2: go as you know mike sandfield has been in the industry for a a long long time i think whenever new technology comes along there's always a nervousness to to change obviously because certain products come along and then they disappear there's other products which obviously stand the test of time um sanding and obviously glass filtration has been around for quite a long time i i sort of look at the swimming pool industry and and almost compare it to the, the car industry in a way whereas we've been driving petrol diesel cars for a life lifetime suddenly electric cars have come into the uh, into the industry and there's there was a certain reluctance to change to electric because of certain design issues and people didn't want to move away from um, from what they've always had but i think there's also this is also driven a very similar to the motor industry in the environmental issues as well the, and the benefits that you get from Obviously, driving an electric car compared to a, a petrol car. Plus, there's the operational savings you can potentially make. I mean, obviously, in the car industry, it's, it's the, the money in your pocket from mm-hmm. fuel. And similarly, in the um, in the pools market, I think new technologies come along. It takes a while to bed in, and I think with the regenerative filter medias, they've been around now for a fair amount of time. in In the UK, they've been here for at least over ten years. And I think also internationally, you know, there's thousands of these have been. Uh, into the uh, the swimming pool industry and I think it's it's a it's a matter of time before industry changes uh, from what it's always done to, to something new um
1: that, that, that's it we'll, we'll obviously have uh, have a chat about the the various claims and counterclaims and you know advantages and disadvantages at a moment but um it's something that that Rebecca and I have noticed through all of these podcasts and that is that it's almost a reluctance by people to change you know mm. we've done it this way for for, for so long, why should we bother changing now? And it's not just in terms of pool filtration; it's 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 almost everything. And mm-hmm. and 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 maybe it just may be that the the enforced lockdown that pools have had is, is actually making people you know think and ask questions you know about
2: change. Yeah. Couldn't
1: agree with you more. You know, I, I
2: think from Sterling's point of view, is it's a we've obviously always followed the Putite guidelines on on um, pretty much all of our installation work. But I think it's it's a matter of giving customer the, the choice, give you know, giving them the the options of you know you can you can continue to go with um, obviously a standard filtration, but there's there's other obviously other technologies on the market as well. Which I think is is just giving them the the choice to to make that decision for themselves.
1: Okay, should we get into the the actual operation of a Regen filter then? So, okay, the water the water passes through a um, a, a perlite coating. It removes particles down to a much smaller size. So let's look. Should we say at some of the claims that are made? You know, are they are they substantiate? Are are they, are they really proven? You know, you know, is there a reduction in water that's
2: being used? You know,
1: are they space saving? Can we still dilute the pool?
2: What's your view? I think the difficulty at the moment in the in the market is that it's not necessarily what the regenerative filters can do. It's that a lot of people with uh, the existing plants actually they don't monitor their, their water usage anyway. So to, to turn around and say, well, you're going to make a certain amount of energy savings, you've actually got to base that against something. What we do, if we do get inquiries for uh, regenerative filter meters, is is that we actually start trying and work with the customer in, up front. So we'll look at their plant. If that's the choice that they want to go down, uh, then we'll try and install, say, a water meter or something on the which can monitor their water usage within the plant room. And then... If they decide that they want to go down that route, you've you've got some data that you can go back to. So once the uh, once the filters are installed, then you can say, well, okay, for the last six months, this was our water and water usage, for instance, uh, off the off the pool plant, and then monitor for the next six months, and then you've got something to base it against. I mean, there has been data obviously uh, looked at for energy and water usage. I mean, a part of when you're looking at uh, an RMF filter. Is that you do the design side of the plant so you actually they do get a um a, like an energy calculation that, that which gives you uh based on you know your standard electricity usage <coughs> usage, pumps that we that we do when we go in so we'll design that based on on the size of the pool so they can actually look at what their prospective energy um, savings could be i mean there has been data and studies uh in the States particularly, where they've obviously looked at those sorts of things. But yes, I mean, I certainly do think that there's a potentially large amount of energy savings. I mean, as far as the dilution question is concerned, Sterling as a a company, we actually install as part of an RMF installation, a system which um, monitors the TDS in the pool. So uh, as the TDS rises, it actually checks the level of it. And then if it hits that level, then it automatically dumps water, and then refills with fresh water so it keeps the TDS n- under control.
0: Sorry to interrupt. Just for the, those of the pod, our podcasters who are listening who don't know what TDS is, can you just explain quickly what that is?
2: Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, so the TDS is the total dissolved solids in the pool. What we would need to do is um, set the, the system up to a certain level, um, and then the... The system would monitor it. If it hits that level, we'd then dump some water out of the pool and then refill with fresh water to lower the TDS in the pool. So it's basically diluting. I know, obviously, with the PwC guidelines, you have to dilute to 30 liters per bath per day. So um, you can either you can still do that manually, um, as they as they normally would. The difference with an R with an RMF filter compared to a sand filter is they've been manually backwashing out water. With an RMF, it actually does it automatically. So you've got a preset timer, it's all automated. So it does it um, normally set it out of hours. Um, so like six o'clock in the morning, it'd be preset to do what they call a bump. The bump system basically releases the perlite off the, the flex tubes and then it recirculates it and reattaches it. And, and that's their way of, of regenerating. Uh, so you don't do a backwash like on a standard, uh, standard sand filter.
0: So is that the equivalent of a backwash?
2: Yes, yeah, but it's, all, but it's automated, so there's no, there's no, no need for any manual interu- interruption from site staff. It does it, you know, it, does it itself. I, th-
1: I think there's, there's a couple of interesting points there, Lynn, that you raised. You know, if, if you go back a bit, it's about when, when people say, you know, what sort of saving will I make? And you've got to start with some base data. And unfortunately, you know, I think you'll acknowledge, so many pools these days don't have either the, the knowledge might be a bit rude but certainly don't don't have the system in place to record that that mm-hmm. that data the days were when virtually every pool had its own pool plant engineer yeah uh, and and a lot of those are gone now and, and 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 the plant room almost be get sort of left behind or gets managed in such a way that we only need to call somebody in when there's a problem rather than actually sort of uh, you know preventative work so I, I think that's an interesting point yeah i mean many many pools i not got a clue how much water there is in the pool they know how much water is used in the building because that, that 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 that's how they how they pay their water bill but actually in the in the pool itself one of the other interesting points you mentioned you know going back to this this tds um when regen filters when rmf filters were first introduced and mooted one of the big things was, was the, the apparent inability to be able to dilute the pool. We could follow the discussion and, and perhaps say that dilution is as important, if not more important, than, than, than backwashing. So if you, couldn't, if you couldn't dilute the pool, then you're going to be a become tree. It's interesting to know that, that Stirling have actually introduced a, a dilution valve, a, a, a dump valve, to allow that to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's something that we that we designed ourselves. It's not something that's sold with a uh, you know, with a regenerative um, media filter. It's, it's something that we've actually designed ourselves, and that's based on our previous experience of the of the water industry. So um, it's something that obviously we were aware of, and. and really it was a it was looking at what the Puta guidelines state um and obviously you you're sort of going away from that slightly by using an rmf um compared to sand filtration so it was a way of us looking at it and uh, trying to monitor the, uh, the tds levels and then keep the obviously the, the pool in uh within certain um specifications that, that yeah. the client yeah. were happy with
1: going back to this water meter has it now been shown that by introducing r m. f filters there that actually is a saving of water
2: yes i mean there is savings in water i mean the uh i mean obviously if you look at manufacturer um data you know they'll they'll claim that the r m f saves up to i think it's ninety percent compared to um sand okay. filtration you know obviously that's going to be um dependent on the the site itself The you know bay the loads uh is is it a holiday park it is is it a commercial swimming pool a spa? Um, you know, your your water savings are gonna gonna vary slightly, and and again, um, you know, if you've got a TDS meter f- uh, fitted as well, you're gonna you're gonna lose a little bit more water through 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 dilution with with that as well. So, but I think there certainly is um, energy savings to be made. I mean, the RMs that we've installed, again, there wasn't any data that we were we we were looking at specifically for the pool from the, the clients that we've dealt with, but since they've been installed, they've they've seen large savings on, on water oh, and
1: energy. That is that is interesting. Would would you would you do you reckon at the moment then, Lynn, that there's an increasing interest in RMF filters through the industry?
2: Certainly. I mean we've seen a, a massive increase in in inquiries coming through from um energy particularly. You know, people seem to be more and more focused on, on energy savings and water savings. Um, and and certainly from from our perspective over the next sort of 12 months is going to be a, it's going to be a huge part of what we're doing people seem to be very very interested i think it's driven as well obviously the government's got an initiative on you know like you said reducing carbon footprint and, yeah. and water savings particularly yeah. and i think obviously given the advantages of um, rms to, uh, to do that then uh, it's certainly been driven forward not just by the the fact that it's new technology but, but the fact that you know there's also uh, an increased um, interest in, in reducing your energy and water consumption um, and especially with the swimming pool obviously because there's a large amount of, uh, of water usage. Um, I mean the other the other benefits which come with, with an RMF is as you know certain plant rooms have been there for 20, 30, 40 years and as we know like most um, buildings people tend to uh, install plant around the pool filters. So <laughs> You go in where they've had, you know, maybe new air handling units or boilers installed, and uh, access into the site is pretty restricted and poor. Uh, you know, you end up in a situation where you actually can't, without knocking down walls and and half a building, you can't yeah. actually get um, filters in into the plant room. With obviously with the RMFs, it, they're a much smaller footprint. Some of the the smaller models fit yeah. through standard doorways, so it, it negates a, a lot of problems on that side as well. From the new build perspective your standard rmf is probably about a quarter to a six smaller than a um, standard sand filter your build costs and the sizes of your plant room are dramatically reduced so
1: yeah. there's
2: obviously um savings to be made on on, a, on the new build side as well
1: I'm a, i must admit the, num- the number of plant rooms that i've been into where it, it appears as if they put the plant in place and then build the walls around it afterwards you know mm. exactly and it, <laughs> yeah in, it in happens
0: the more often than not yeah it does <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: The uh, same in, in old pools, whether it's school, hotel, hotel plant rooms, you know, for instance, they're, they're probably some of the, the you, you can't say the best or the worst, but so, some of the tightest fitting of all. Okay. Now, I, I don't know if this, if this is going to be an unfair question, uh, Lynn. Say so yeah. whatever it is. Is it possible to say, what is the biggest single advantage of an RMF filter? Because, because you know I want to ask you uh, afterwards, what's the biggest single <laughs> <laughs>
2: drawback? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I think there's multiple um, advantages, really, there's, and, it, and it depends on what the focus is of the, of the, of the client. There's obviously, I, I would say the biggest advantage is, is going to be your water and energy savings, because moving forward, then that, that's going to be a huge uh, outlay, uh, especially for some pools, which, you know, we've just come through COVID situation where some pools haven't even reopened. Yeah. Uh, because of the cost to, to operate them. I think moving forward, there's going to be more and more pressure put on operators to, to reduce their, their energy bills and their um, their water usage. So, I mean, for me, I think it's, I would say that's probably going to be the prime.
1: Is, is, is it fair to ask you if there is a disadvantage at all?
2: We've not encountered any disadvantages at the, at the moment. I think it, it really depends on what the um, customer sees as the, as the value moving forward. Of the reasons for possibly changing to an RMF. I mean, we we as a company look at the um, all the options available to um, to the customer, you know, and, and we'll put forward what we think is is best suited for them. But I mean, we've not really come across any any negatives against them at the moment. One
1: the moment. One, one of the biggest issues uh, or, or perceptions was is when the RMF bumps mm-hmm. and you. Um, recoat the sediments with with perlite. What happens if the whole of the sediment isn't coated? Now, obviously, we, we we know that filtration is necessary to to extract particles from the pool. So, mm-hmm. if they weren't coated, that would mean that the pool would withhold some
2: of its particles. It wouldn't be fil- filtered out. Mm-hmm. Is that a fact or is that a fallacy? We've not come across that. I mean, when depending on the size of the RMF filter you're talking about. They, they could be a 500 to 1500 uh, flex uh flex coils per filter talking to manufacturers there's actually a percentage of coils which are oversized uh for that for that filter so it actually gives them a percentage of where, where for instance if a coil did uh block up fully they'd still have a percentage there where uh, which they were not so but we've not we've not come across that at the moment i mean there is a obviously ongoing maintenance process with uh, with rmfs the same as sand filters the flex cores themselves are cleaned every six months or 12 months depending on the the beta loads in the, in the pool and the, how heavily used they are as long as they're cleaned uh, regularly then they you know they shouldn't yeah. uh, they shouldn't block up what, what,
1: what about the replacement of perlite itself you know how, how long would a dumber uh, dump of perlite last
2: yeah i mean again it
1: um i know that that's like saying how long's a piece of string
2: really yeah it? i mean it, again it goes down to how heavily used the site is i mean as a as a norm we we've seen pearlite change probably changes every once a month it's it's, it's rare there's there is um any any more than that probably
0: so do they require more or less maintenance than a traditional sand or glass filter then
2: well it depends what your class as maintenance i suppose the rmfs require a, a chemical clean which is six months or 12 months again depending on the bay load a, a standard a standard filter would obviously need a filter inspection um, which you would do uh, 12 monthly as well. But the, I think where the, the the difference comes in is with a standard filter, you'd, you'd be looking to change the glass. If it was a steel filter, you'd have to refurbish it, you know, every sort of like five to 10 years. Whereas mm-hmm. with a, an RMF filter, you you haven't got to do that. There are certain service elements to it, but there's actually, n- there's far less, I would say, than, than, a, than a, what you'd have to do on a standard standard glass filter.
0: And in in the commercial industry, in the UK especially, um, a lot of sand filters that are in place at the moment are used with a coagulant. So do you would you use a coagulant with an RMF filter or is it not needed?
2: No, no it's not needed because the, the filter goes down to, um, filters down to one micron. So there's no, there's no need for coagulant to be used on them um, because you're actually filtering down lower than, than crypto.
0: So that's a whole... Then that's a whole system that doesn't even you don't even need anymore then.
2: No, so there's obviously um, chemical savings to be made as well because you're you going to reduce the amount of chemicals that you that you're buying with, with coagulants. I think they estimated to be twenty to thirty uh, percent less chemical usage on a on an RMF to a standard uh, standard filter.
1: Yeah, you know, all of this is pointing in it to to the industry becoming more energy aware, looking at its carbon footprint yeah it's all interesting stuff and and as i said it's a change which some people are embracing but you know as well as i know lynn it's also a change which people are very wary of as well Mm -hmm. mainly because people just don't like change a lot of the time
2: i think that's right mike i think and obviously i know we we talked earlier about the motor industry um, and as well and i think it's it's very similar to the, the pool industry i think people are very tentative. They're, they're reluctant to change. But I think with RMFs, I think it's also been driven by the fact that, that people have to, to look at saving energy. You know, you have to move away from what's been there for the last 20 to 30 years. And I think it'll be a slow process. I don't think it's something that's going to happen overnight, but I, I certainly think it's the way the industry potentially will go. It, you know, we, we look at what's best for the customer at the end of the day. We're not saying that an RMF filter fits everybody's needs. I mean, for instance, you know, you could have a swimming pool on the twentieth floor of a of a hotel. And, and Centerpoint, <laughs> London. <laughs> and it might, might not it might not suit an RMF installation. You know, you know, you might have something which is two floors down, for instance, um, yeah. in, a, in a in a basement, um, yeah. which might not suit it. But you know, I think what what's important from a, you know any reptile company in in this sort of industry is is, is you listen to the customer. And yeah. you, give them, you give them your, your technical advice and, and your advice in the industry. And, and you know it's ultimately, they're the ones who have to make the decision on, on yeah. how they want to yeah. proceed with, with it. But certainly, I think the for, for us, we've seen a dramatic change in the last two years over the way that the industry seems to be going on on energy savings, not just with RMFs, you know, with, with circulation pumps ground source heat pumps pool covers or you know isn't, there's a multitude of different things that, that people can do to you know look to save energy i hope stilling
1: are ready to to uh, field all the inquiries you're going to get afterwards as well
2: <laughs> well i hope so i mean we've done it we've done a a little bit of marketing and advertising on on rmfs but you know it's um it's like you said Mike it's 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 funny times at the moment people are yeah. just come out from a uh, 12 months in in the yeah. Lockdown and uh, just getting back to mm. used to sort of operating the pools, so it's mm. going to be an interesting couple of uh, a couple of years ahead of us. I think.
1: I think. I, I think you're dead right. Mm.
2: Right. All right, mate. Well, All right, then. It's pleasure as always. And uh, hopefully, uh, see you soon. See you yeah. soon. Thanks Brilliant. for your time Lynn nice Thanks for Rebecca. Okay, right, and you. Bye. Ta-da, ta-da. Bye. Yeah. We
0: would love to hear from you. So if you have a question about today's episode then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email pooltalkukatoutlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.